0: Welcome back to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your special guest host, David Arnold, for the night at least. Uh, My father, Paul Arnold, not here tonight, but the other regular guests are here as usual. Uh, We have
1: Ernest Watts. Good, sir. How are you doing tonight? I'm very good. You know, special had a different meaning when I was your age, so I don't know if you (laughs) want to use the term special. (laughs) It usually meant like a different size bus, but I just, you know trying to help you out
0: here we have the the premium version of, of the arnold <laughs> host then. Uh, does that work <laughs> anyways chris donahue Do, Do, i said dang that, no,
2: that, dang yo
0: dang yo you know i, you I move, I've, say, I've heard your podcast enough you think i would i would realize that and actually you know you went to, you went to the same college as me i really shouldn't know this stuff chris i'm sorry
2: exactly it's okay yeah. i've been called worse today
0: yeah, I'm sure teachers had a fun time with your last name growing up. I, I have no doubt.
2: Oh, like oh, Watts yeah. didn't get a hard
0: time with teachers? I got a lot of Benedict. I got to say, you know, the, the really easy, cheap shots on the playground. Uh, I don't know if you guys had to suffer from any indignities on the playground growing up, but, but hey, Arnold... It's like, "Hey, football head" was one. Yeah,
2: that's uh, good. All the
0: Arnold Schwarzenegger quotes and uh, hey, the good old Benedict. But thankfully, there's been enough popular Arnolds in the past two hundred years to kind of dampen down the Benedict name. Ernest, did you have any bad
1: nicknames on the playground? Uh, the kilowatts. There's always the kilowatts uh, or what? Hey, what's up? That type of thing. Kilowatts. That's a, that's an awesome nickname. That's yeah, a, I like that. No, that's a sports. What's up? And uh, I actually had a couple of people picked up the big e which you know i played high school ball when elvin hayes was playing yeah. so i felt like that really came from left field so no, i never got any cool nicknames i kill us not, not, not say i'm not that you can say on the radio <laughs> that's right, that's on, right. on podcasts, not those kind of nicknames but no i never i got teased for i was usually the biggest kid so that's you know that was the, that's how I got y- to it. Your, your
0: sons followed in your footsteps there, too.
1: Yes. Right. Unfortunately, my grandsons have not. Yes, my <laughs> sons did.
0: All right. All right, Frenchie over there. What about you? Frenchie? Make sure
1: <laughs> you don't say, why does he just surrender? Yeah, jeez. Uh, uh,
2: so I was, I, I was called Smalls on the, the baseball field. Uh, and then I got called Chris D, but it was like Chris D. So it was like a girl's name, oh, so that was, yeah. yeah, that sucked. But then college is when it really just blossomed with, dang, yo, and that was, that was, that was probably the high, Appropriate. the high point of my life. Appropriate. Yeah.
0: You, you know, my, my wife's name is Amanda, She and she always kind of loathes the childhood nickname thing, because I guess kids would be, oh
1: man, duh.
2: Duh.
0: Yeah, fam. duh,
1: duh. Right. Anyways. Well, as part of therapy, you made me remember one that I truly did hate. That's <laughs> what we're here for, <laughs> <two laughs> Ernest. What we're here for, Tennessee Ernie Ford, which you don't remember, was a performer, <laughs> and Ernest T. Bass from Andy Griffith. Sure, it was just sure. All this really loathsome, mongoloid type individual. I mean, he was just the was the stereotypical redneck, and I just hated that.
0: And, and naturally, right? naturally, you grew up in Delaware, uh, and then moved. Uh, you know.
1: To the middle of nowhere, well, North Carolina, so yeah. kind of fit the profile there. Yeah, unfortunately, but, but I, already, I, I blocked that out. <laughs> Ernest, you
2: like this one? My mom's name is Luann,
1: and I Uh-oh. asked her when I
2: was young how old or how, you know where her name come from came from, and she said it was Gomer Piles' girlfriend, and that's what uh,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's where yeah. it came from. There's a bad joke that goes with her that we're not gonna. Anyone over 60 knows this horrible joke about Luann and Gomer Pyle, but we won't go there. Uh, my, I think I'd go by a middle name or initials or something like that. Yeah. I, yeah. So, uh, right, right on the topic of nicknames, let's head over yes. to the No Fun League
0: um, and talk a little NFL. If you guys, if you guys don't mind. Um, sure.
1: Sure. This just in from. Uh, uh Sam Arnold. Sam Darnold. Uh, I see dead people. Yes, I have I have I have
0: beef with Sam Darnold. I'm officially declaring myself the best Darnold. Uh um, <laughs> the better. Better than
1: Schwarzenegger. Better than Schwarzenegger. Right?
0: Well, the the best Darnold. That's that's okay, the key. That's so okay. my, my name is David Arnold. In college, my ID they assign you an ID for your email, both Bowling Green and Toledo, the schools I've went to. Uh, assigned to me, Darnold at schoolinstitution.edu. Darnold. So so for a while it's been Darnold. I couldn't believe a person, a five-star quarterback, was named Darnold. Uh, blew my mind about six years ago. I needed, I needed the Patriots' defense to give up ten points or more, with one or few turnovers, and Le'Veon Bell to rush for seventy yards. That's all I needed from Monday night to win my fantasy football matchup. My opponent had the New England D. I had Le'Veon Bell. And needless to say, I lost by like 30 points. It was it was a dead heat, dead tie going into the game. Uh, Sam Darnold, super disappointed. Is it the mono or is Sam Darnold just not that great of a quarterback, Ernest? Or is the he Patriots defense just that good?
1: He didn't impress me at SC, but you just brought up a good point. And, and, and Chris, I'll let you know this too. Do you know how they identified me when I was in college 100 years ago?
2: I don't know. Ernest, so, tell me.
1: Social security number. <laughs> Could you imagine that? You were identified. You were your social security number was posted.
0: Did in they? Public. They didn't have email addresses back. I didn't have computers back
2: then. <laughs> what are you talking about? Email.
1: This is you know. like were, your last four. The, uh, no, no, was the whole social security <laughs> number. When you went to class, the whole grade, social security number. The whole oh, social security number. China, so drooling? No, no uh, that's
2: mean, how your identity was stolen right afterwards. <laughs>
1: well, you know, there was no computers then; they were still doing intrepid. It was World War II, but yeah, back <laughs> to uh, you had faith in the Jets, boy. Seriously, no, I didn't. I didn't have faith.
0: It was it was by necessity. It was I had no other choice. I had no other choice. I'd leave on Bell. You know,
1: you know, historically, the Patriots' defense is giving up less points than. The two all-time greatest defenses, which was the 2000 Ravens and the 85 Bears right now. This is a historical
0: defense. I saw another statistic that said the Patriots are the first team to have a shutout uh, against some qualifier since uh, two shutouts on the road, I think, in the first six games, eight games of the season since like the 48 Bears. Uh, like uh, like a nineteen forties team. Uh, it's it's unbelievable the level of dominance from the Patriots. W- will will ever end? It will never end. We're we're gonna be stuck with Boston celebrating title towns. This is what we we asked for back when the Red Sox first won a World Series in o four, and we've been suffering ever since. We had no idea how bad it could get, how insufferable it could get.
1: Um, yeah, could, but we talk we talk about the offense. Can you name three defensive players off that team? Van Noy is one. Yeah. Well, he's suspended. Oh, so I guess we have to count him.
2: The, the, uh, the two Rutgers twins, the the McCarthy brothers or the McCarty brothers, or
1: yeah.
0: Which is unbelievable in the first place. It's, it's what Bill Belichick, this has been his, his secret sauce this whole time, right? Great defenses with a quarterback
1: he can trust. Um, but there's not a dominant player.
2: Yeah. McCordy's. I'm sorry. McCourty. Yeah. McCourty I, mean, 20 that,
1: 20. I mean, there's not a dominant Malcolm Brown's pretty good, but, and then one of your Maryland, I mean, your Michigan players, uh, he's not getting that much chase. Oh, chase. Winovich got, got a Windovich. punt return or a pump block touchdown.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah I he mean,
1: did. but there's no superstars on this defense. So I mean, just, they play as a, a team. So this team. is, <clears throat> this is one thing that, that I
0: think Bill Belichick is so far ahead of the curve. You see the offenses in the NFL, not regressing, but quote-unquote evolving, where their offenses are starting to look more like college offenses and collegiate offenses. A lot more passing, a lot more shotgun, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Bill Belichick has been learning from co- the, the premier college coaches for the past decade, right? You know, Nick Sabins, Urban Myers, they're all buddy-buddy. Bill Belichick has had to prepare for NFL defenses, but he's had the, this whole collegiate offensive system stuff in his back pocket all along. He's, he's been waiting for the NFL to evolve so he could just slap it back down. Uh, that's my uh, pipe you know, dream there.
2: Uh, what else has been historic in this uh, Patriots team this year is their schedule and how weak it is and how they haven't played anybody and it's only week seven or now going on week eight. So I think I I don't think they're going to go undefeated. I don't think they're going go to go down as a historic defense, but I think they just have a terrible division and the AFC is terrible this year. So it's, it's, they're going to look better. They're going to look better than what they actually. It's are.
0: not like we don't have 18 prior years of. Background oh, yeah.
2: information no, on the, oh, yeah. on the no, Patriots,
0: right? Yeah, so so they're not sixteen and no good, but they're definitely thirteen and three good, right? I mean, I, I mean, I also
2: think their their record of what seven and and0 is inflated too. Yeah. Like in a normal year, they would have lost one maybe two games, but I when you play the Dolphins, which are terrible, I mean, I think the Bills have been the only team that's actually given them a run for their money so far. Ernest,
0: I want to I want to give you the platform, but I say. Goodness me, what will ever happen if the Patriots' defense starts to struggle and they have to rely on their quarterback and offense to win the game?
1: What will ever happen if they rely just, on Tom Brady? Yeah, but they just picked up Mohamed Sanu.
0: I know. Oh, that's what, oh, yeah.
1: That's what I'm saying. Like, like the offense is so good, and they haven't even had to rely on them. It's crazy. And now, remember their schedule. I mean, you know who they're matched up with against their cross schedule in the NFC? Wow. It's the NFC East, which is the weakest division in the NFC. They've they've only got three legitimate games that they could lose, and that's the Chiefs' games. That's the not anymore. With Mahomes out, well Mahomes he's going to play play this week against the Packers. He's my fantasy football quarterback. He
0: needs to be back. He needs needs to play.
1: (laughs) There there are three legitimate. The other, I mean, they're going to beat the Cowboys, but the Ravens' game, the Texans' game, that that. That might be. I thought the Cowboys in there. So, Maybe the Chiefs. Chiefs. The Chiefs. The Ravens or the Texans are the only legitimate teams that can beat them. So let's let's talk about this for a second. Is this the best
0: Patriots team? Also, acknowledging the schedule, is this the best Patriots team since that? Was it fifteen and one team with Randy Moss and Tom Brady back in two thousand eight that lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl? Um that was that was probably their best team ever, right? And yeah, and they just yeah, that, got that, that, really unlucky losing, you know, someone super glued football to David Tyree's head, et cetera, et cetera. Um, is this the best team that we've seen the Patriots put together in the twenty years of Bill Belichick?
1: Ernest, no, no, no. This is maybe the fourth best. I mean, they, they haven't played anybody uh, right now. Mohamed Sanu is probably going to be other than Edelman, their best receiver. They brought back Watson after they cut him, so they have no tight ends. The defense just plays as a great unit. scheme schemes well. He'll come out and have 11 guys stand up and nobody get down in formation. He'll have like this kind of an amoeba defense. You don't know who's coming from wherever. No, this is the fourth best. It's just the AFC is really washed out. I mean, they're just there's nobody they're really challenging them in their division and, and outside of the Ravens and the Chiefs there's nobody really maybe the Texans to challenge them in the, the entire conference. Chris, what do you think?
2: I think they're you know, I think they're definitely not the best sense. I think the the season that uh, Brady got suspended for the first four games and then they, he came back, I think there was so much fire in that team. I think they were so motivated. I think, uh, uh, I just don't think they have the fire right now, uh, until they, until they actually play somebody. So, um, yeah, they're not, I don't think they're the second best that they've ever been. I think, I think Ernest is right. So, so maybe third or fourth,
0: let's move on to a new topic, but I have to say, if, if you're not going to jump on the Patriots bandwagon, you might as well get on all aboard the, uh, Sanu canoe, right? No, no Patriots <laughs> bandwagon, but the Sanu canoe is pulling into New England in Foxborough. Uh, going gonna to take a, taking all applications right now.
1: Well, he's he's a fine number two receiver. He's never going to be your star receiver. He wasn't at Cincinnati. He was the number two receiver behind Green, and he was the number two receiver at, at Atlanta. I am surprised but he's thirty years if old. If not the number three guy. Yeah, I mean, he's 30 years old. It's, it's, this is the point where you see wide receivers usually kind of production drops off. Now, remember, he was a quarterback in college, so you're going to see some option plays. It's, for it's all, and throws. It all comes back to Rutgers. It all
0: comes back to Rutgers.
2: But they don't think, I don't think they need him to be the number one. I think they just need a deep threat. And that's that's what they're going to use him for because Edelman's their number one. If you need seven yards on a third down, it's going to Edelman. But I don't think they're going to use Sanu in that way. I think it's going to be trickery, like David said. But I think they just want to lengthen the field with Sanu. They just want
1: a threat. They want to yeah, threat. Yes, absolutely. You know. They need a Troy
0: Brown. Anyways, um, let's move on though. But before before this becomes a Boston podcast, which is Boston's already insufferable enough. Um, despite my Michigan connections with Tom Brady. Uh, 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Patriots connection, so got connected somehow. Are the 49ers the second-best team in the NFL? Is that crazy? Is Kyle Shanahan secretly a better coach than Sean McAvoy?
1: No, they're not the second-best team. Packers are the second-best Don't say
0: that, Ernest. They, they They are. How many games have they won because of Zebras?
1: That's mm. still a win. I mean, uh, yeah, that, don't project and, that on San long-term. Francisco that is, has, San Francisco yeah. hasn't played anybody yet. I mean, they are the Patriots West right now. And getting Saunders from Denver was a great pickup. I actually think it was a better pickup than Sanu was for the Patriots. And I the, agree. They're, they're a team defense. Boza and and, and uh, the, the kid from Sanford in the middle of the line. They have a great defense, but they're a run team. I mean, yeah. they run it, they just are committed to the run, and they don't win. But is a kind of a, he's a, he's just taking care of business there. They're not asking him to win games. He's just a game manager at this point.
0: That's all right. We, one thing about Kyle Shanahan offenses that's amazed me, even dating back to the Cleveland Browns days, you know, he was the coordinator for the Browns when Josh Gordon broke the NFL record, the receiving record. a couple years ago. Then he moved to Atlanta. Kyle Shanahan knows how to utilize his best talents and optimize them. And in San Francisco, you have a bunch of super talented wide receivers and running backs who are fast, right? Fast playmakers. I think um, someone called me as the the 49ers depth chart running back is the fastest three running backs uh, from the draft combine out of the entire league. Right. They all ran sub three or forties, Just burning speed. Shanahan knows how to utilize weapons. Um, so, but I'm, look
1: at their record. Who have they played? The Bucks, the Bengals, the Browns, the Steelers, the, Steelers yeah. the Rams, the Redskins. I mean, that's you know after you know this next month or so when they've got to play the Cardinals and the Seahawks and the Packers and the Ravens. Then I'll take them a little seriously right now. They're like the Patriots, I don't take them seriously okay. because they're scheduled.
0: If you're not gonna take that dirty Packer name out of your mouth, who is the other or second best team in the NFL, Ernest? Is it Christian McCaffrey and Josh Allen?
1: Are those Kelly oh Panthers? Well, if we no. go, two, if we go, let me, two just, and three, let me just stop you yeah.
2: right there. No, let me just stop you right there and say no.
1: Well, our next three games are the Packers, the Titans, he's thinking, it, he's thinking so about if it. If we go, we go two and one. I might talk about that, but you know, a team that I, Seahawks. I yeah. do, even though they went down this last weekend. I like the Seahawks. They just traded they for the for the Lions' best safety for no.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't even know why the Lions gave them away. But
1: I trashed the Vikings three weeks ago, but I swear they're coming back. Cousins is starting to, and they're gone They've committed to the run. They've, I love their defense, but. You've got something. you got a lot of strong teams in the NFC. I mean, the, the Cowboys can write the ship. The Packers, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the 49ers. I mean, there's a lot of good teams there. And you're forgetting the real second best team. Don't say the New Packers. O- New Orleans. We're just waiting for Drew Brees to come back. Ernest. Saints. I, I
0: want why? Bridgewater's five and oh. Yeah, I want I want to pick this back up in just a second. Chris has to go. So, Chris, before you leave, I got. Three questions to ask you, quick fire. You answer. Me and Ernest will talk about them later. A. Who's your MVP in the NBA this season?
2: Oh, uh, Steph Curry. I think he's got a story behind him. All right.
0: <laughs> Who? He's gonna,
2: do, he's gonna do everything. There's. He's got no other help. So he's gonna go dominant. He's gonna have a huge. He's gonna have huge games. And I, I don't think he's gonna go to the. Uh, the finals, but I think he's, he's going to have dominant numbers. It's a regular else. season
0: for Steph. I got gotcha. you.
2: Exactly. I got gotcha. you.
0: Okay. Who wins the NBA title in 2019,
2: 2020? Uh, we're going to go with, uh, your Lakers.
0: All right. Oh, for two. All right, Chris, I see you. <laughs> yes,
1: I'm just,
0: I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing, Chris. All right. Last question. And I, I'm very much just teasing you have you. the right town. Nationals are up one, nothing on Houston. Who wins the World Series?
1: Oh,
2: I, you know, I hope it's Washington. Uh, but for Verlander, uh, I, I kind of want him to be a first ballot hall of fame. And I think a, a second a second World Series would do that for him. So he, he, uh, he, I, I think Washington will – I think they'll go to seven. I really do. But I think the Astros will, will take it.
0: Verlander was the first ballot before he went to Houston. Get out of here, Chris. Get out of here. Chris, you got Chris. It. Appreciate about, it, man. How about
1: those Avalanche, Chris? How about those uh, Avalanche?
2: <laughs> All right. So I don't know how many weeks ago it was uh, Ernest and I had uh, a conversation on here, and and he told me uh, the Avalanche were were picked to to win the the cup, and I just I ripped him a new one, telling no way, <laughs> and then they ripped off seven zero and one in their first eight games. For the best record that they've ever performed, losing, I think it was two nights ago, for the first loss in their season, they they look pretty good. They got a young team, young nucleus. Nucleus. They they look good. They look good. Ernest. All right, Chris. I
1: am, I am the hockey guru. Just admit it. <laughs> yes. Thanks.
2: Thanks, guys. Chris
0: Dane, yo. Dane, yo. Dane, Dane or Danga, yo.
2: Dangyo. D A N G Y O dang, dang. Yep. okay all
0: right all right Frenchie, get out of here see you later chris
1: roll
0: along you bg warrior roll along that's our our alma mater calling card right there rolling along uh ernest it's just me and you Yeah, you want me to give you the right answers to those questions as long as <laughs> well yes i do but let's finish our our nfl talk and then we'll, we'll right. move along um okay, I guess we can we can pretty quickly wrap it up. If Patrick Mahomes gets healthy and his ankle is fully healed and his kneecap is magically put back in place, which apparently he's not too far away from, and he better be because he's my fantasy football quarterback. Are the Chiefs not the greatest threat to the Patriots?
1: I don't no, I mean, well, first of all, it depends. Is Andy Reid going to run him on fourth and one up the middle again? I mean, if he pulls those stupid plays, you know, I mean.
0: LeSean McCoy might get the ball this next time around. How about
1: kick the field goal? How about doing that? About take the points? You're, you're, you're inside the red zone. Take the field goal. You, you might have won the game. You know, there's
0: a saying in college football. When uh, Rutgers plays a team, or it was because of Rutgers, but when any team gets a... More negative yardage than the other team gets positive yardage in any statistical category, like a like a running or passing yards, et cetera, et cetera. They call it a butker, and I always think back to the Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker, whose name is literally Butker, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. He went to Georgia Tech. He was actually signed by the Panthers, who traded him when Gano was having some injury problems, which again he had also this year. So. Uh, and, but he missed, I think he only the bears kicker last year. Panky was that bears pick, kicker last sorry, year. Missed more extra points than he did. I mean, he's very inconsistent, but I still, you know, listen, I got a quarterback laid up for my team right now because we've run him up the middle too many times. Uh, I know we got rid of fullbacks and I understand spread offenses and all that, but I just, you, you, you just, you don't, Run quarterbacks. I mean, I like option, I like the RPOs, but on a third one and fourth of one when you got nine guys in the box, you don't run your quarterback. I'll tell you
0: fullbacks, you need at least one on on the roster for those specific situations. Cause nothing beats a six foot five, two hundred and thirty pound man coming full speed ahead straight up the middle. Yeah, you know, and it's different because Cam Newton is literally a fullback. As a quarterback, right? Like, he size, weight wise.
1: He's, Patrick he's, Mahomes is, is not
0: that, right? Like, he's, yeah, he's yeah, just not. Cam he's 6'5, 250. Right. He's so the size of the defensive. Cam's, l- Cam's larger, larger than a fullback. Or, Patrick Mahomes he, is not.
1: Right? Even at that size, when you have nine guys, you got seven in the front to block, and you got nine guys, you're going to get hit and you're going to get pushed. And you can get twisted and pulled and injured. That's where injuries happen. And that quarterback's too valuable for that. especially the field goal, kick the football or punt. I don't care what Belichick says. In those situations, and you don't see Brady take the ball up the middle. of Those situations.
0: You know, my the first. This is something that surprised me when I first started playing football, but obviously, it's just a natural thing as you as you continue playing in your football career. You grow up throwing the ball, you know, throwing the ball as much as possible with your friends and having fun. When when you're any position but quarterback or wide receiver, you literally don't ever throw a football in that motion at all, ever, right? So, like, your your shoulders don't matter. If you're a fullback, you run up the middle and your shoulder gets hurt. Next play, you're just going up the middle again, right? You're just blocking. Yeah.
1: You put a brace on it. They have a brace. For exactly, shows. exactly.
0: So, what, but quarterbacks are different, right? You, you put a quarterback head first, and he gets a shoulder, you know, knocked knocked awry, and that's going to be a problem for him. Obviously, Mahomes hurt his kneecap, which is different. But putting a quarterback under center and just having him go straight forward when you could just have a, full, a fullback just going
1: forward 100 miles an hour, totally different situation. Okay, we talked- with spread offenses because what you have. Is you run everything out of the shotgun, and right. your offensive line is not used to those tight types of plays and the blocking, and then you're putting you're putting your center in a situation because he's usually snapping it further away. It's just it's not germane to your offensive style, and just creates problems. And and the most the, usually the highest paid player on the team is your quarterback, and to put him at that risk is is really there's something wrong with that with the logic.
0: I agree. I totally agree. I I think we're gonna see a change at some point. Though we gotta get
1: Andy Reid a Super Bowl.
0: Like does Andy Reid not deserve a-
1: it's just like an honorary Oscar or something like the Ivan Thalberg Award? I mean, you get it, you deserve it. I mean, yeah. we're gonna give Gene Mock a World Series trophy because all the years he put in. I mean, or Marty Schottenheimer, who poor old Marty is suffering from dementia right now. He actually lives in the Charlotte area. I didn't know that. But uh, you know, they just hey, you you next you're gonna say that. Uh, uh, Rivers deserves the Super Bowl, and I'm beginning to think that Rivers is the most overrated quarterback in the NFL. Oh, history. NFL history. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he just you look at his playoff record a few times he's got into it, and, and he's never really – I always remember the game against the Patriots with the, the missed punt. Uh, at home, and I really think if they won that made a playoff run, they'd still be the San Diego Chargers.
0: I only sympathize because Matt Stafford is probably not too far behind Phillip Rivers when it comes to when it comes to matching up personal accomplishments
1: versus team accomplishments. Um, well, how many offensive coordinators does Stafford have i mean I mean that's, I mean, that's the problem yeah. coaches. You look at the total number of coaches and offensive coordinators.
0: In, in Stafford's 11 years, he's had probably four or five head coaches and uh, seven or eight offense coordinators. Yeah, totally. So so there needs to be at least an SB. If we're not going to give Andy Reid a Super Bowl, an SB for the – we're going to call it the Andy Reid, Buck Walter, manager coach who got the team almost there and couldn't quite push him over the hump until someone else came in and pushed him over the hump.
1: There's an unfairness – in championships. I mean... Ask Jim uh, Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Jim, Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh is right there, too. Jim Harbaugh. Jeff Hostedler should not be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. Trent Dilfer should not be a Super Bowl-winning quarterback when Dan Marino only got to one Super Bowl. No. But it's, it's, this is the one sport in which one particular athlete cannot <laughs> propel a team to a championship, unlike basketball or hockey, particularly with a hot goalie, or baseball with a pitcher. In football, you, the sheer numbers of the players, because you only play half the game, that's why, and that's why some coaches who've gotten Super Bowls just, just did not deserve it. And that's, that's, you know, Earl Morrill got three Super Bowl rings. And most people don't know who Earl Morrill was as a quarterback. Or Jim Plunkett, who's not in the NFL Hall of Fame, had two Super Bowl rings. It's just the nature of the sport. It is uh, all sports, right? Nature of all sports. Yes. There's always well, football more than the other because a hot goalie can get you that a good a good pitcher can win three games in a series and get you to the World Series or win a World Series. And in basketball, and it's 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 funny how I was watching Kenny Smith uh, opening night last night. And he was saying the transition in the NBA has been no one's looking for the big three anymore. They're looking for the big two. And once that's done has been able to make more teams relevant and more teams as potential champions, because you don't have to get that third superstar. You can get just two and, and you can win it, which is good. Again, we're no longer looking at golden state in Cleveland for five years. There's a good six or seven teams who could potentially win it this year.
0: I agree. That was, yeah. that was
1: our transition. Well, that's NBA let's,
0: poses. well, let's do it to the NBA because I'm ready for the NBA. Here we go. Yeah, you only got eight months left to go to it. This is my, well, I'll tell you what. The NFL, for all, as much as I enjoyed the NFL, I I find it kind of a little bit too sanitary, um, a little bit too professional, too clean. You know, the games happen. I don't think there's enough personality. You know, Antonio Brown has certainly tried to make it. A personality of well, the
1: College football is superior it because is. it's in a tighter window. You are speaking and, my language. And, but but the inverse is, is true in this. The regular season of college football is far better than the regular season in NFL, but the postseason of the NFL is superior to the postseason of college football. You are because, speaking speaking my language. Yeah, I mean it's it's strange, unique and in the NFL the NFL and in college football are one of the only two sports that, at the end, when you get to the championship game, you go like, "Man, I wish there was more." Yeah. Because by the time you get to Game Seven in the NBA, you go like, "Are they still playing?" I mean, if, if the World Series goes to seven games after Halloween, you're sitting there and going, "Are they still playing?" I mean, just get it over with. It's just it's and it's the same thing with hockey. I mean, it, as much as I love the postseason, it just the postseason just lasts too long. Any postseason that lasts longer than a month is too long. Which is,
0: well, this is a time for another day, but uh, I this is why I enjoy soccer so much. is because each each tournament, each competition is separate and unique where, there, where there's playoff tournaments and then there's
1: the regular season and each are worth equal amounts. But, um, but in Premier League, you don't have a playoff. But it's just whoever you, finishes. But you've got all the UEFA... Well, and, and all the other championships and, and, you, and the
0: English can, Cup, the English Cup, which uh, the English Cup is essentially the playoffs, you know, but, but it's just separated and it means different things. Right. So anyways, let's move to the NBA, because that's what we were trying to talk about before I so rudely switched us back. To so Zenfone. I get the same
1: three questions.
0: Oh, yeah. OK, we'll start with those same three. Well, we'll start okay. with the same two NBA questions and right. we'll dissect from there. Okay, same two NBA questions. Tell me, who's your MVP, Ernest? Uh, Kawhi. Okay, and then who is your uh, NBA champion? And we'll dissect uh, from there. Uh,
1: and, and again, Chris had the right town. He had the wrong team. I think the Clippers, which is amazing if you had said this a year ago. I think the Clippers are the favorite.
0: Let me tell you what that opening night game, Ernest, with the Clippers having the home court, did it. Did it not feel and look? And obviously the final results are different, but results can be a one-off. You know They're not indicative of a greater picture. The Clippers having the home court last night felt like the Steve Ballmer era officially declaring itself as here. The Kawhi what? Leonard era officially declaring itself as here where, where the Clippers are the L.A. team right now. And the L.A. Rams might have booed Kawhi Leonard now, but in six months, the those same L.A. Rams fans are going to be buying Kawhi Leonard's jerseys and declaring themselves Clipper
1: fans. Right? You know, Ballmer's looking to build an arena of his own in Englewood near the Fabulous Forum. Make Which it I, happen. I, The Forum's actually owned by the, the Knicks owner, and he's tried to sue to stop him, but, you know, it's, it sounded like a Laker fan. It may have been a Clipper's home court, but it, it sounded like a Laker fan. The amazing number I got from that game was that Davis and LeBron only scored four points in the in in the fourth period? Did LeBron look old to you? Was that something? that he happened? Is. He's 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 what thirty five? I know,
0: but like here? we haven't actually seen we haven't actually seen LeBron look old. We've seen LeBron get hurt for the first time, which happened last year, and then we saw him spend and, spend all summer oogling over his son dunking, which was cool. But now we come to LeBron two thousand nineteen on the court, and he's. Looking kind of old was Mont- Montreal. H- 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 uh, what, what's the name? Harold. Montre- Harold. Yes, Montrell Montrez Harold stopped LeBron,
1: right? Uh, as well as he stopped always, pronouncing his
0: name. I mean, he yeah, looked like.
1: Yeah, go ahead. He's always said that he's a LeBron uh, stopper. When he was with the Rockets, he used to claim that. I mean, it it's. He looked old last year because when you get old, you're more susceptible to injuries.
0: Right, right.
1: And I, I think that's that's the problem. And and I don't know if they really didn't get the pieces. Now, they may pick up something from the the Clippers and the Lakers. are Now trying to pick up Iguodala from the the Grizzlies, which you know they the Grizzlies have said they're not going to let him, buy him out of his contract. They want to trade. They want assets. Oh. And the problem is neither the Clippers or the Lakers have a lot of assets to trade, but he he, he could be that you know a, a nice piece. And we got to remember last night; it's easy to forget. Paul George was sitting there in a, in a in a suit. He didn't play. That's right. So you you've already got your stuff Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's people rag on the NBA and say they don't play defense. That's the lockstep response people that are not NBA fans. And I venture to say if you saw that fourth quarter last night, yeah, that they play defense. And the Clippers are defensively a better team than the Lakers. Lakers may have more offensive power, but I think in a fourth quarter they, they have guys who can not only Kawhi and I think Kawhi's offense is getting to the level of his defense. I, I think that that defensively him and Harrell and, and, and Patrick Beverly, you got some of the best defensive players in the NBA. There, I think. I think with the Clippers, you have, and
0: I, I know what I'm about to say, but the Clippers look like a makeshift Spurs team of old, right? They they look like a team, and I know Kawhi used to play for the Spurs, so that's a that's a dumb, like obvious comparison. But I I think it's unique in the fact that the Spurs built their rosters with with, with a a team that could play defense, and B, their secondary parts scored and were scorers just enough to, to propel their team past whoever they had to play. But but they stood on their morals when it came to defense, right? That's what made the Spurs of old great. Uh, and, and I look at the, the Clippers, and they just have so many defensive parts, it's like, can this team be good enough on offense to actually make a difference. They have Lou Williams, and you're so right when you say Kawhi Leonard has been a defensive stud with a great offensive game his entire career, but now he's entering this pantheon where he's the best defensive player and he's potentially one of the best offensive players as well. We saw that with Toronto's run last year. He's just entering a new era, And, and it's crazy to me that we're seeing LeBron have his Potentially, there's only been one game, but his first dip as as the best player in 20 years, you know, 18 years.
1: I, they've got some great pieces when you look at Jermichael Green, who was a starter at Memphis, and and, and Landry Schmidt, who is an underrated—a lot of guys who play multiple positions. Maurice Harkless, who was underrated when he was Portland's, and, and they got a rookie by the name of Terrence Mann. Not the author in— uh, the, the movie with uh, well what's the baseball movie where they go in the field with the uh, the, the what's oh I'm blanking out now. Tom field of dreams? Field they... of Dreams, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's not the James Earl Jones character in Field of Dreams, but and Patrick Patterson in there. I mean, they've got a lot of depth, a lot of versatility. But all these guys play defense very well. And I'd like when you get past the two stars, if if the complimentary players are much better than the Lakers. And, and I'm a big Danny Green fan, and Danny Green's a big asset for the Lakers. But the reserves are just some, so much deeper and better than the Lakers. The Lakers were hamstrung by those big contracts of, of, of Davis and, and uh, LeBron that they couldn't spread the wealth, so to speak, and bring in players. I, I think they will make a big pull for Iguodala. So, think- but the thing is, for me, the Lakers do not need
0: – Another defensive person as much as you know they've got Danny Green they've got AD and they've got LeBron at this point LeBron might be closer to Draymond Green than he is to a super superstar that that's that's my worry with LeBron and so what they need is they need a and I, obviously this is going to sound dramatic but they need like a a prime era Dwayne Wade they they need a Donovan Mitchell would would be the the equivalent they need someone who is a slasher who is athletic enough to get to to the rim, but can also shoot, who can make plays happen. The, th- the type of thing that LeBron could do in his prime that maybe as, as he's aged into his first real regression season is not able to do anymore. That's the one thing I think they're desperately lacking, and I don't know who that is. You know, I mean, m- maybe trade for like... Isaiah Thomas and see if he can do it. <laughs> I mean that's a poor
1: man's Isaiah they, Thomas. They tried that. I know, before. I know. He was yes. on the Lakers squad. I mean, I mean he was on the Cavaliers with LeBron. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? I mean the, the the depth, I mean the East is even worse than we were last year, and I didn't think they can do that. But the West is so packed. I mean, there's a very real chance the Warriors may not make the playoffs. Could you
0: imagine if Kyrie went to the Lakers? Like there's rumors because Kyrie is the perfect Kyrie is the guy.
1: Kyrie is the guy that we've been talking that's about. That's the problem. Kyrie wants to be the guy. Yeah. And, and that's why he was not I don't think he ever legitimately considered going to the Lakers. No,
0: okay, and, okay, Ernest, we we've talked about LA too much. No one wants to talk about LA that much. Let's let's talk about the finals and and who is going to come from the east to match the West and you declared the Clippers as the NBA champions. Is it 76ers and everyone else in the East? Is that is that what it is?
1: Whoa, have we forgot about Milwaukee? I mean, Nottis may develop a shot. I mean, well, the chance of him developing a shot is kind of like Ben Simmons developing a shot. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You know what, Ernest? I've
0: railed on Ben Simmons for the last year.
1: Yeah, he, I know. I gave you an opening there. Well, he's on my fantasy basketball team this year. Boy, you just—you're you're sadist, aren't you? Well,
0: I—I I, to tell you the truth, I was—I was putting a baby to bed, and I forgot about the draft. And—and and an hour after I put the baby to bed, I take a look at my roster, and I got auto bed.
1: draft, auto draft, the auto draft. Ben Simmons
0: <laughs> is on my team. Like I—I was like, I have to tell Ernest this. I have to tell Ernest.
1: It's tragic. I mean, I,
0: <laughs>
1: I, 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 Again, the, the, you kind of wonder if the switch. I mean, the Sixers essentially. They lost the three point shooter. He's gone to New Orleans now. JJ, uh, yeah, JJ Redick. Uh, they traded Richardson pretty much uh, with with the with Miami. And and again, I think they got the better hand of that because I think the young man down in Miami is just a headache. He's already out of the first game for personal reasons. is just. T- Every team Butler has gone to has gotten worse. Yes. Oh, Josh Richardson well, totally for worse. Jimmy Butler is a total plus. I agree with you, Ernest. I mean, he made Minnesota worse. He caused problems there. I, I like Richardson. I, I think he's a young player that can grow. But even though Brogdon left the Bucks to go to Indiana, I, I just I'm still going. Milwaukee had the best record last year. Now again, Philadelphia, they got kicked out of the first round with a, a, a shot that will that Canada will not forget. It's it's kind of uh, like the no, old shot in 68. Neither but, will Joel
0: Embiid. Embiid will never forget that. Yeah, Saturday.
1: I mean, uh, but yeah, I, I like Milwaukee more than I like Philadelphia right now. Okay, so... so so but I, either team would be in the bottom of the rung. I mean, either team would have a hard time making the playoffs in the West.
0: We've talked about uh, Buck Showalter and Andy Reid being the best coaches to, ne- you know, uh, being one of the, the better Gee coaches. Not. Gene Mock. And Gene Mock, whoever that is, before my time, which I, I pride myself on knowing these things, but uh, Gene Mock, not not in my vocabulary. Joe
1: Walder may have a new job. He's one of the candidates for the Phillies. Job. Good. He'll
0: turn the Phillies around, and then
1: the next, yeah, guy, will think, think, yeah, the next guy will win a World yeah, Series. Yeah, the next guy won a World Series. Yeah,
0: so that's, and Andy Reid is the same way. Um, Mike Bootenholzer for the Milwaukee Bucks very much is kind of teetering on that. At that edge right there of coaches who are, who are amazing regular season coaches and struggling in the, in the playoffs. Um, I, I Brent Brown 76ers. Well, this is, this is the year where we find out those two coaches, they, n- neither of them will ever have a clearer path to the NBA finals as they have this year.
1: Right. Like neither we, one of them. Are we, are we forgetting Brad Stevens and the Celtics? We're not even going to discuss them. Is Al Horford leaving? That big a, a drop off. Well, I'll tell you, you what, team. Al Horford
0: is more important to that Celtics team than uh, than Kyrie Irving was, and that's crazy. I forgot about Al Horford on the on the Seventy Sixers. You want to talk about a reason to pick the 76ers to make the NBA Finals? Al Horford is it. I think Al Horford's leadership and mentorship of Joel Embiid could not be understated. Right? I, I think that's a guy who who very clearly could be the assistant coach to Brett Brown. Unofficially, but but very much has been brought in for his leadership, as much as
1: anything, right? Like that that's a that's a guy who who's a team guy all the way. I worry about the three point shooting. I really do. I mean, Richards is good, and he did that role for the Heat, but uh, JJ was was a real weapon, and they still don't have a legitimate point so guard. So that worries me.
0: Are we looking at a monstars version of the Pistons circa early two thousands? where they play amazing defense, and they're just, I mean, 76ers like an oversized defensive monster,
1: right? Are we seeing a resurgence of the big man in the NBA? Well, the Knicks certainly think so, with all the power forwards they signed this year. I mean, when you look at how Golden State and, to a lesser extent, the uh, the Cavaliers with LeBron, they essentially played without a center. And they had a power forward playing the center position. And that, that's that been something. I mean, it goes back to, you know, four guys outside the three-point line and one postman pretty much to set picks, a high pick at the free throw line. Uh, but, you know, I, I don't know if we're seeing that change. I just think – I think the biggest change is, again, you're seeing and, – and I need to be repetitive – I think we're seeing stars spread out without the league. It's not yes. just a few teams. But so – I mean, every East team I could pick apart, and I, I, I just don't think any of the East teams could stay with the top six teams in the West.
0: You mean Blake Griffin and the Detroit Pistons aren't gonna, are gonna hang well, with the? Blake's oh, got to get well again. Have you yeah. heard this story before? Shh, I mean, sh- sh- I don't, I don't need, I don't need the salt in the wound. And, and the younger
1: version of, uh, the younger version of Blake Griffin, Out out Zion three- Williamson is having the same. I mean. The human body is physically hard to play 82 games and be that large and jump like they do. I mean, Zion played 30 games, one season of college basketball. And he he had had an injury there, blew out a shoe and had an injury there. To see that extrapolated over, if you make the playoffs, you're looking at 90 games but the regular season, 82 games. Uh, I just don't know if, guys can take that physical toil and that's always been blake griffith's problem athletically now he's learned to shoot the three-pointer but the the jumping and the running he his physically breaks down and i'm seeing it we've seen it with zion he's out six to eight weeks to start it and i just kind of wonder if if it's a grand hill type of situation somebody that physically can't keep up with the 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 skills that they have the of talent.
0: I, I think it's beyond Grant, Grant Hill. When when you look at you know one of the things the NBA has done they've tried to standardize the height measurements and so you get a very a, a much more realistic look at the height measurements right where Draymond Green measured in at six foot six this year when he's been six eight six nine Zion is six six All right so Zion is heavy he's a lot smaller than we thought he was or or that people imagined he would be and you're right about the limits. You know, when people question, is this guy going to stay healthy? And everyone shrugs it off because he's such a freak
1: athlete. But David, when they did the measurements, they did it without tennis shoes, barefooted. No one plays barefooted. So That's that true. A, that was the dumbest thing.
2: Oh, I mean, but.
1: That much difference. I mean, if a guy, uh, Bill Walton, purposely would have himself. Listed in programs as six eleven, because he thought if he was listed as seven foot, he would not be relatable.
0: The Kevin Durant syndrome. You know, Kevin Durant
1: has always has always asked to be listed as three inches shorter than he really is. Um, and that's again, that's relatability because seven footers. That goes back to Chamberlain and, and Jabbar. Seven footers were considered uh, not part of the norm, and they, you know, even referees to a certain extent would not give them the doubt on call. Shaq. It's the same thing. Shaq was never officiated correctly because of his size. Well, okay,
0: so so I was the point I was getting to. I'm glad you said Shaq. I think people wanted Zion and to a certain extent Giannis as well. But, but Giannis and Zion both have made people's imaginations think back to prime Shaq. Different parts of prime Shack where I think I think Giannis reminds people of young Shaq and, and the movement that Shaq had, right, right, and and the dominance that he had, and then Zion I think reminds people of what if Shaq stayed in shape, but just got bigger as he got older, and, but well, t- okay. it, it turns out that Zion is so much is so much smaller than Shaq. It, I think I think Zion. Can I tell you something interesting? And I'll let you speak. Okay. Zion, Zion's best comparison. For me personally, when, when I think of Zion to the NBA, reminds me of Reggie Bush to the NFL. When I think of Reggie Bush as a college athlete, he was so much better as a pure athlete than literally everyone else. He could spin, he could go backwards, he could basically look like Barry Sanders on steroids in college. As soon as he got to the NFL, against talent that was, that was equally sized and equally... You know, had the speed and the agility athletic wise, athleticism wise. Reggie Bush was reduced and it took Reggie a good five years to figure out that he could be a, an above average running back if he just stuck to being a running back and not trying to score a touchdown on every play. Zion, I, I genuinely think when he plays against NBA competition, they're going to expose his weaknesses in a way that, that no one in college ever could and i think he's going to be an above average player injuries aside he'll be an above average player but i i do not think he's ever going to be a top 5 nba player in the same way we speak about lebron james or james harden or 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 you know even the potential of a, of a giannis or a russ or a ben uh, simmons i don't think he's in that category and i think we're going to see him exposed as such as a top 30 player but not a top 10 player in in the next coming years, if he stays healthy, Ernest, go ahead. What are you going
1: to say? Well, what hurt Reggie Bush was he went from an offensive line at USC that had four NFL players <laughs> on his blocking for him. Now, now, I'll start with Giannis first because the comparison I give with Giannis is is Ralph Simpson. He reminds me of Ralph. Now Ralph was seven foot four, but before he tore up his knees, he had the same grace and he could dribble the ball and he and he essentially had to play power forward small forward because they had elijah one playing center for Houston. that's unbelievable yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he can handle the, that he reminds me and 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 ralph had those type of moves also now as for zion the comparison i get is to barkley barkley was six foot four but the thing about barkley was and i had the, the ability to watch him live when he was in college at auburn in the ncaa uh, tournament and I got to see his rookie year, and he worked on himself and developed a shot because at Auburn, essentially, he just dribbled the ball, and he was much larger. He lost weight. He toned up. He got muscle. Now, after he retired, he got the fat back, but uh he toned up, and he developed an outside shot, and he became a, a pretty credible shooter from outside. Now, Zion... Can develop, but that's that's the trick now. Remember, he would just be a sophomore in college. So, but he, it's not a physical development. It's a skill development. As as much as we've been ragging on Blake Griffin and his injuries, he developed to a very credible three-point shooter. He did not have that because in college in Oklahoma, he just overpowered guys. He had that high bounce and he could just quickness and he would get inside. I, mean, I saw him go against Hansbro, for Carolina, and he pretty much abused him. But Carolina still won, had to throw that in. If, if Zion commits to developing an outside shot, if he commits his ball-handing skills at his age, he can. But right now, he is not an all-star. Right now, he is a starter who shows flashes. But I worry about physically. He's going to have to tone up. That's, He's going to have to muscle out. Yeah, and Barkley went through the same thing. Or he can be like uh, Davis, big baby from LSU, who kept eating when he got in the NBA, or Robert Trailer, the round mound of rebound. Sean Kemp. I mean, we've had, we've had big players, Sean Kemp. I mean, you had guys who physically were large, like a football player, but when they got into... Larry Johnson is a good example of that also. Larry Johnson, when he came out of Vegas, uh, was... He was an interior player, but he was 6'6 at best, maybe 6'7. And he developed an outside shot. Everybody in New York remember that four-point play in the playoffs uh, against the Pacers. So if he can develop, and he's got a pretty good coaching staff. Alvin Gentry is an underrated coach, and there's a pretty good group, but but it's going to be on him because he's not going to have five coaches coddling him like he had at Duke. He, he's going to be given the opportunities, but with a rookie contract, if he doesn't develop in three years, I don't care what kind of shoe contract he has, he won't be in the Pelicans.
0: Glad he cashed out with that shoe contract. Um, I, yeah,
1: I, I mean, uh, uh, who was the guy? Uh, Starberry? I mean, a lot of guys have shoe contracts. Stephon Marbury uh, had to go to China to make his money.
0: I, I'm just glad he did before anything bad happened because... I all those comparisons were very apt. Um I, I think when I think about Charles Barkley in this era, you know, what is Char- what is a player like Charles Barkley in in 2019? What is he worth to a team? What, what kind of value because because Zion very credibly could very much be a Charles Barkley. And I just don't know is that a max player? Is that a, is that Draymond Green? Is that is that
1: No, yeah. no. Dray- the. the the ball handler, the ability to play. Barkley was not the defensive player that Draymond is. Draymond has the ability to, to on your best player and and just shut him down. And remember now Barkley falls in your category of honorary championships. He never got one either. Even when he had Pippen, when he was with Houston, or even when he was uh, with uh, Thunder Dan Marley uh, with Phoenix and Kevin Johnson. He just, uh, again, Barkley could not win a championship by himself. He was not a leader per se. But now he did develop, again, he made himself a better ball player. Because when he came out of Auburn, everybody thought uh, Chuck Person, uh, the rifleman, was going to be a better NBA player. And right now, Chuck Person is serving time for taking money from Adidas for Auburn. Oops. Oops. Oops! Yeah, sorry. Oops! All right, so
0: we've talked Zion. We've talked. We've talked uh, the Eastern Conference. We've talked the Western Conference. Let's move to baseball. Let's wrap up after this last question. Who right. Who will be the most surprisingly good team of the NBA? And when I say that, I mean think back to how the Portland Trail Blazers made the Western Conference Finals last year. Who is the team that we're going to look back after the end of the season and be like regular season or playoffs and say that team reached their their potential and even maybe passed their potential if not accidentally, but but at all the cards aligned and and they did better than they ever should have and they should be very satisfied with that with that finish. Yeah.
1: Team that will be the most dangerous in the playoffs, you're saying?
0: It could be. It could be playoffs, regular season. The team that surpasses
1: expectations to the greatest degree. This is an easy one.
0: Is it the Denver?
1: Utah Jazz. No, Denver's already good. Denver was the number one seed in the West last year. They're not a surprise. All right? I say Mike Conley and, and Mitchell. What? It's probably the best backcourt in basketball. I. I. The Utah Jazz. I think is a team that could. Get home court advantage in the first round of the play. Boyan Bogdanovich as an addition. And then. Uh, I, I just like Conley and, and, and Mitchell in the backcourt. I just think that's. And it's the best backcourt in basketball. I like that backcourt better than Houston. Are, are they giving Houston, off? Houston's going to be. Uh, boy, that's, that's that's going to be a comedy show. They're yeah, going it, to have to play is. basketball. But you know who I feel bad for is. is Maury, the general manager, he, he's gotten a lot of heat this last week.
0: Yes, although Shaq had his back on TNT, and I was a little bit worried that Shaq might be
1: might be removed from the... From the you t- know, uh, I, I am a big proponent of Jean-Jacques Rousseau, the French philosopher, who made the statement, I will defend your right to express disagreement with me. I probably corrupted that. But you may not agree with what Maury says, but one of the great things about this country is as long as you're not saying something libelous, uh, you have the freedom to give your opinion. Ernest,
0: we we are a very politically divided country, but if there's one thing that everyone on every side of the aisle can firmly agree with, it's that the great thing about America is the fact that we can speak out about anything that's happening. If we feel something is unjust... You know, whether you're right or you're wrong, whether the facts bear it out, if you think something is unjust, you can speak about it w- that's without what, any qualms. That's, what we're, doing on this. that's right? what
1: we're doing on this podcast. I have never been more disappointed than LeBron James. <sighs> Me too, man. And I'm I such a LeBron backer. Company.
0: I love LeBron I mean, too.
1: He he put his business interests in front of a person's ability to mm. express. And to, to say that Maury, uh, to basically say – you know that he didn't know enough to comment. I don't care. He has that right. We have the right to be wrong, and that's the great thing that makes the difference between this country and China.
0: Talk about the great the great American man podcast. There's literally nothing that makes America greater than the fact that we can say things against the government. We can dissent against the government. We can we can disagree <clears throat> to the greatest extent and not fear retribution. Right, on a violent scale. And and the fact that Hong Kong is, is dealing with what they're dealing with is so against every single value of American society. And LeBron, I am the biggest supporter of LeBron. He has done amazing things in Akron, right, with the, the school that he built, the public school that he helped build. You know, he's been such an influence in the community to not say the things that Shaq said last night, two nights ago on TNT, just really disappointed me. And because... China can't control those people. China accidentally, I don't want to say accidentally, but they they invited the NBA into their society. And NBA players have as big of a platform in China as literally anyone else in the entire world. If LeBron stood with Hong Kong, China would have no choice. They would have no choice in the matter, right? So, So... I don't think LeBron realized the type of influence that he truly has. And and if he did realize it, that he chose a very sad gonna, and American you're decision. You're
1: yeah. not going to lose that market. Cuba for years banned any major league baseball games from being broadcast. Yet the people in Cuba knew all the major league baseball players. That's because, right. You know, we're in a world now where access cannot be denied. I mean, that's just the technology to the extent. And like I said, and whether it's any country uh players have to i mean nothing else summarizes pardon the confusion that <laughs> everyone has a, a a a format to say stupid things and that's what we do <laughs> every week on this program on this podcast they're right to say those types of things And like i said it's it's uh i thought the commissioner handled it wrongly i think the game should have been cancelled and they could have said listen You know, if you're going to restrict us, there's other markets for the NBA to explore and and not put money in front of the right decision. But even though I question Maury's decision to uh, put Harden and Westbrook in the backcourt, he has that right to do that no matter how much of a disaster that's going to be. (laughs) But back to your original question, Utah Jazz. I I think that Snyder is a good coach. Uh, he showed that at Missouri before he got into some probationary yeah, matters. Future Duke but, head basketball coach Quinn's yeah. There. Well, I'm not so sure about that. We'll see. Uh going to be there as long as Kay wants to be. Uh, and
0: Quinn's still like 45,
1: which is crazy. Uh, uh, yeah, but uh, he he's doing well enough in the NBA. I think he I think he's a better NBA coach than he is a college. I, agree, I agree with you. I agree
0: with you.
1: Yes, Mr. Patino found that out the hard way. That, Maybe you shouldn't go in the NBA. Yes. And and in two different sports in that respect. But boy, sorry, I didn't mean to take you off topic.
0: Today. No, I, did. I, I am totally with you. I enjoyed it. And also the jazz, I mean, you're you're so right with Connolly gives off major um Kyle Lowry vibes where where you're you're heading into a new season where where Mike Connolly's looking at his legacy. Same way Kyle Lowry was before before Kawhi got there to Toronto and, and Kyle or uh, Mike Conley is saying, Hey, I've already been the highest paid basketball player in the NBA for a period of time.
1: Uh, and don't forget uh, the NBA defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert.
0: I, that's what, that's what I'm saying is, is you've got this guy staring at his legacy where, where Kyle Lowry, all the talent kind of came to him accidentally, right? He, he got Kawhi Leonard. Um, he got, he got, uh, you know, Surge, he got, he got, um, uh, Pascal Siakam, etc. etc. Conley is going to the talent, right? He's going to the talent, but all of a sudden you put, put him in the situation similar to Kyle Lowry where, where Conley has, uh, a superstar beside him in, in Diamond Mitchell, who I do think is genuinely, potentially a superstar on Dwayne, way the type of level. You've got Rudy Gobert, who is a regular season quote-unquote player, but, is just an all-world talent, right? If you can, he's, he's
1: the new Marvin Webster. He's the recent human eraser.
0: If you if you can utilize him correctly in the playoffs, I mean, you've got something special, right? And then you've got Bojan Bogdanovic from Indiana, the Pacers, who single-handedly guarded LeBron James two years ago against and took the Cavs to seven games. Whether or not you want to say that was a fluke, Uh the dude is a very legit small forward-sized guy, right? So you've got real
1: talent on that team who, who Don't forget, don't forget Jeff Green. You got that veteran presence to come off the bench. Jeff Green is that type of player. Jeff Green is good for for 10 points a game in the regular season, and
0: he's good for 130 plus point performance in, in the postseason. Every year, right? Every year, unless he's playing for the Wizards. <laughs> but but that's what he did with the Cavs. You know, LeBron loved Jeff Green for that exact reason. Uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. All right, let's wrap this up. Let's move from the from the NBA to baseball. I don't want to belabor the point because baseball will soon be over, and we can put it to bed for another four months. Who's going to win the World
1: Series, Ernest?
0: The Astros yeah. or the Nationals?
1: As much as I hate hearing that Baby Shark song all the time when they play in Washington, Uh Nationals have momentum. You just go with the hot hand. Uh, you know, you slay the beast in game one. I, I, they've already got home field advantage. I've, I've seen Soto play for two years. Uh, the, the one problem with baseball is they just do not know how to market their players. Acuna with the Braves, Soto with (laughs) the National. I mean, there's great young talent. Baseball is so bad. Baseball baseball is the worst. Had a market. No one knew who Soto was, and he came in second for the Rookie of the Year against uh, with Acuna last year. And you look at Alvarez and, and Tucker with Astros. I mean, there's great young players under the age of 21, but no one knows. Everybody can tell you the third point guard for the Memphis Grizzlies, but no one knows these superstars, these young, talented players in baseball. And, and, you know, it saddens me when after game one of the World Series, the number one article is the, uh, a, a first, first of 82 game NBA games is the first news on the ES. Let,
0: let me summarize. This is what, what happened in, in, in two sentences. The NBA has been letting social media – do whatever they want with their highlights for 10 years, 10 years. Baseball in 2018, 2017-18 was the first year they let social media use their highlight clips without claiming copyright. And and that's where it is. You know, baseball defended their right to be the only ones to post, you know, short 10-second clips. The NBA said go ahead social media do your thing and one is thriving because of it, one is not, right? So so baseball totally is failed on every front. When it comes to media, and let me tell you what, Ernest, when it comes to the World Series, I didn't think of myself as a jealous ex. Never have, never will. I was happy for Justin Verlander when he won that first World Series. I was, I was very happy for him. I said, you're doing great without me. You're doing great without Detroit, Justin. Keep, keep doing you. You do you. But you know what, Ernest? He's a little too happy in Houston. He's a little too happy. He really does not so care for the treasure. Winning World
1: Series doesn't trouble you.
0: No, I want I want them all to win one. You know, if we're going to give Verlander one thousand seventeen, we're going to give Rick Porcello, David Price, and JD Martinez one thousand eighteen. Let's just go ahead and give Trouser one thousand nineteen as well, so well, we we can go back. Go
1: out. Yeah, let's go out with my with the Nationals and six. Let's go with a trivia question to finish things up. The last time a Washington franchise was, was in the World Series, who was their number one pitcher and who was their manager?
0: Uh, it has to be the 50s. The Washington 1928.
1: <laughs> Whitey Ford. Big Johnson and Bucky Harris, who was 22 years old, was the manager. Herbert Hoover was the president the last time Washington was in the World Series. Well, the last time there was a Great Depression. How well, prescient, right? Well, I was going to say. And, and three stadiums ago, <laughs> and, and they were called the Nationals and Senators. But yeah, I'm, it's always good to see a, a team that hasn't won a World Series get a chance. Wait, three stadiums ago? And, and, to- and, and you know, the only major league team that has never been to a World Series is.
0: Only major league team. I'll give you a clue.
1: They have the all time record for the most wins in the regular season. Whoa, 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 whoa.
0: I really have to think about this for a second.
1: All right. It's the only team never to be in the World Series of all the franchises. Oh, the Seattle Mariners. Yes. They have the record for the most wins in the regular season. Brett Boone, Boone, Kent Griffey
0: Jr., and uh, Lou Pinella. That's right. 2001 Seattle Mariners.
1: Jay Booner, 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 Booner. And they, they had, they had, they had another call back outf- to a movie there. Sorry.
0: I'm thinking of a very uh, famous ESPN cover where it's Brett Boone, Ken Griffey Jr. And uh, it might not even, Jr. Might have been gone. I don't know.
1: But, uh, Jr. Was on that team. That was before A-Rod. It was before A-Rod and there was, a, there was another outfielder. Yeah. Uh, no, it was after. Is the year after a Rod Soto? Uh, uh, Omar Vince, uh, was Om- yeah. Omar was the shortstop, and uh, the the H uh, just went into Edgar Martinez just went into the Hall of Fame. Yep,
0: yeah. It, was, it yes. was the year after a Rod signed the mega contract with the Rangers. Yes, funny enough, yes, like, yes. kind of like kind of like uh, Bryce Harper with the Nationals. Uh, yes, I still
1: think Bryce Harper should throw out the first ball at Game Three, folks. Oh, troll, troll to the data. Oh uh, yeah, right. and on that point, welcome to or goodbye to pardon the confusion. Yeah. it has been fun. Never confused, over here, Ernest. Never confused. for Chris Daniel, this is Ernest Watts, and The greatest podcast,
0: David Arnold.
1: All time. Very legal, very cool.
0: Catch you on the other side, Ernest. Pardon the confusion, David Arnold. I see you guys
1: later.
0: I see ghosts das wir dann